Welcome back to the Mindset Movement Podcast. I'm your host, Carl. And before he butts in, today we're going to have Triple D Didier as a guest on the show after his tremendous feat of endurance <laughs> this weekend. So for anyone who is living underneath a rock, Didier... Here in South Africa for our international. Ryan Sands came up with um, a run, which is 100k, 105 kilometers if you don't take the shortcut, six and a half thousand meters elevation. Basically tagging all the iconic um, beacons around Cape Town. It is a very technical, um, unforgiving 100k like um people don't really understand until they've done it it's basically like extreme hiking and did he did it twice this is the part where i butt in now yeah why the fuck did you do it twice how's it everyone um i guess i thought it would be fun (laughs) to be honest yeah why do we do it twice? I think the challenge of trying to pull that off was very appealing. I mean, I started running to push my boundaries and to go on epic adventures and just to see what I was capable of. And I hadn't done anything that really scared me this year. So when I was looking at the year as a whole, I didn't want running just to be about trying to get faster and about results or anything like that I wanted it to go back to the the main reason why I started to run which was to push into into fear and to see what I was capable of and so I think you actually the one that floated the idea first so we got to blame you for putting it out there one minute after you finished the first one well actually I think the first thing you said after I finished the first one was you should have done that faster (laughs) <laughs> to be fair. And I said you can do that faster. You yeah. can do that much faster. You can do that much faster. And then I said you should do it twice. Yeah. But um I mean what's beautiful is I mean, that was your introduction into ultra running was thirteen peaks and it's so amazing because it's so raw because it was you know, thirteen peaks is not an, an event. There's no mm. there's no aid stations, there's no Metal. I mean, you get a badge from Ryan, but there's no. It's just something you go out and do, and that's what the most beautiful. Like that's the beauty of trail running and ultra, and that's what it's actually supposed to be about. It's not this fucking six grand you pay to to run on a mountain that it's free to everyone. It's like literally. Um, what I respect about a lot of these, a lot of these ultra runners, that's what they do. You don't even like someone like Mickey, like he. He yeah. believes in that. So he just, he doesn't want, you don't know what he does. He fucking doesn't even know how to operate his phone. <laughs> like, I'm surprised he's got a watch, but it's, that's what's so cool. It's like, how far did you run? I don't know. Just ran. Yeah. And I think that's what it originated from. <clears throat> and now it's become all of this, you know? But, um, yeah. What's cool is you, you know, we did the 13 peaks and then we went back and did your first fucking. <laughs> proper ultra <laughs> like back there it was just like it had to happen yeah 
Yeah, it just felt right to go back to the place where it started. And yeah, I love what you said about that it's just about going out there and being like the first time was so special, just being with the community, having people that you fucking love that are helping you out. And then to have the chance to go back and do that again. I mean, I mean, that's what it's all about. hundred percent. And to pull off something iconic. I mean, for people listening that don't understand 13 peaks, it is a massive achievement to do a sub 24 hour. Um, you used to get a special badge for it, but Ryan's not allowed to give those badges anymore because of safety or something from Sandbox. But I mean, essentially people could train their whole lives to do a sub 24 hour. And you, to put this in context, his first lap was under 21 hours. And his second lap was 21 hours, 35 minutes, but he had a 40-minute break after peak 14 just to regather and we taped his feet and washed his feet and um, changed paces and he ate ate two-minute noodles. So essentially, this guy went the same pace the whole time. He did, he might have actually done the second loop faster. Like by five minutes, maybe. Don't know. Give or take. That's crazy consistency. And he wasn't like that three weeks ago. <laughs> he didn't <laughs> understand that consistency. And he learned a harsh lesson. But. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that ties into it. So at the beginning of the year, I was talking to you about my goals. And we set UTCT as a A race, the 100K. Uh and the idea there was to, you know, to do as well as we could. And then I was getting towards the end of the year and I was just looking at UTCT and for whatever reason, I just wasn't excited to race that 100K. I don't know why, just wasn't in me. And so, and, and I thought like, you, you need to do the things that really speak to you when you have the opportunity. And so I talked. To, I came to you and I said, why don't we do 26 peaks instead? Because I've actually had quite a good training year. And why don't we try and do that? And I said, how can we try and make that work, given that UTCT won't refund you for your race entries? Thanks, guys. Um, so, yeah, coach. We'll <laughs> move it to the next year. Yeah. Um, what must I talk about that? Oh, yeah, then I just said, um, we'll just do it as a training run. Yeah. <laughs> conventional training methods give you conventional results. But, yeah, I mean, I just looked at your training and I saw this as more, of, you know, like to run something that no one's done. Okay, we found out now that a lady did it. But yeah, shout, yeah, we should actually shout out Caroline Hanks. Yeah, she did it in 70 hours. But, I mean, to do what you did in sub 48 hours, like how do you train someone to do that? Because not only have we got the physical aspect of that, but the ability to carry on when you finish that disgusting hard loop. Mm. 
And to carry on going, like how do you prepare someone for that? And I just saw the opportunity of UTCT 100K as the opportunity to fuck with you and put you in that, in what I thought could have happened on the second day and showed you that you could get through it. Mm. Yeah, so you were a bit of a cunt, <laughs> to put it lightly. <laughs> so Kyle, Kyle basically just stressed me out completely in the lead up to UTCT because he was like, I want you to do it as a training run and go really chilled. He's like, but he would, he would change what he would, you would literally just change what you were saying to me every 30 minutes. And then you would phone me, you phone me probably like 10 times a day being like, oh, but maybe actually you should just like do it chill. But like, also you should do it in like 14 hours. But also you can do it in sub 12. But yeah, also maybe, maybe if you're feeling good, like you should just push and race it. And then you would phone me again, no, but like, listen, bro, I actually really just want you to slow down and take it easy. They so, try and get time on our feet. Just try and come in for 24 hours. Just get time on your feet. But also, like, I think you should come top 10 South African. Yeah. So I was just, I was just completely, like, confused as to how I should approach this race. Um, and stressed out. And then, obviously, UTCT weekend comes. And I have a lot of clients that are racing. And Friday's a busy day. Like, there's the 55K on the Friday. We out there. We're supporting clients. And then I had one client who, Misha, we've talked about, who, who was struggling in the 55K. And so we'd all left and he still hadn't come in. And it's now like 7.30 at night. And then Carl phones me. He's like, what are you doing at home? Like, you should be at the finish line for your client. Like, you're not being a very good coach. He's like, I would be at the finish line for my client. <laughs> this is me like just as I'm about to go to bed because I'm racing at 6 a.m. the next morning. So then I'm like, oh, fuck, I don't know what I'm, where's Misha? So then I'm phoning his dad, I'm phoning his sister. I'm like, should I go to the finish line? And then, and then Carl's like, no, bro, it doesn't matter, you have a race, you should probably sleep. And then, I don't know, you probably phone me again and we're like, but maybe you should go to the finish line. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is this oak on about? Anyway, so uh, yeah, I didn't sleep very well. And uh, then, yeah, then fucking, and then, I, no, then I finally just said to you, bro, just go easy. Like, do like a 17 hour. Just go easy. I want you to jog. That's what I said. Just want you to jog. Because then I had another yeah. plan. So I said, just go jog. And then, I didn't care about you. I was looking at after Nick and stuff. 100 mile runners. And um, then Kelly was crewing you. And I was watching you. And you were going, but you were going quite good. But then I thought, okay, let's fuck with this guy. So then phoned Kelly and I said, Kelly, I want you to tell him on Southern Peak he needs to pass eight people. Like, he must pick it up now. And she was like, oh, no, he's stressed. Just leave him. And I said, fucking shame. He's stressed. I don't give a fuck. Because like, I want to stress you out. Yeah. And she's like, no, no, I'm not going to say that to him. He says, and I got fucking angry with her. So I phoned your cousin, Shani. And then you, you on the, then you, she put no, me on the I phone. No, then I said, you must say this. And I phoned Miranda because I knew Miranda would do anything. But then I said, fuck, let me just do it because I can't trust these people, <laughs> yeah. clearly. And then um, Shani gave me the phone. 
and he immediately said, I'm going out too hard. And then I was like, oh, fuck, so he's already screwing himself over. But then I was like, okay, cool, bro. I just, I want you to pick it up now up so that he can pass at least eight people. Because I just wanted to blow your legs completely by halfway. Yeah. And then you got into... And then I saw you at Outbay and you were fucked. Up. So you just did my job for me. I didn't... Yeah. And you were screwed, bro. I mean, you literally walked into the eight stage. I think eight people passed you on Cyber Peak, which is fucking unheard of. That, yeah. I think eight people passed you. I'll I, be was, with you. I was in my mother's puss on Cyber Peak. And then I saw you. And I just gave you a tap on the shoulder and said, now fucking fix yourself and get to the end. Let's see if you can fix yourself now. Because, I mean, essentially, this is what you're going to go through in the 200K. Mm. So <laughs> you fucked yourself the way I wanted to screw you over. You were overly stressed. You're not having a good time. You ruined yourself in the humidity. So fix yourself. And I mean, it, in my defense, I did ask Kelly to phone me when you got to 70K so I could pull you out because that's all I wanted you to do. And she didn't do that. <laughs> And so you had to finish the whole fucking race. I think you passed out in the bush and the French guy had to wake you up or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, so you had to finish that race because... Thanks, Kelly. She didn't listen to me. But, um, yeah, so going into that, that was my method, unconventional method. But it's just, you know, needing 13 peaks twice, bro. Like, you need to be willing to do different things. And physically, I know what you're capable of, but it's that whole mental game. And you've never gone two days. You you don't know what it is to have a a sunset and a sunrise. Yeah. And another sunset. So that was just me throwing everything into that just to make sure that I'd covered my ass with you mentally because, you know, what I would like is like to either make it worse or the same um, as it's going to be in the race because you, you don't want to get those feelings for the first time in this massive thing you're doing. And I mean, essentially this is, you don't really have a lot of chances to do this. Yeah. Like we got very... We, I got so lucky with the weather. I'm about to say the fucking lucky. But you had 50 kilometer winds. But we got so lucky with the weather. 50 <laughs> yeah. kilometer winds. Mark couldn't even go up Devil's Peak because we would have fucking lost that. I was going to say God in Shame, boy. <laughs> we would have lost old Mark. Whenever I'm not abused, Mark, on this podcast. We would have lost Mark and our fucking Under Armour sponsorship. Would have flown, flown to fucking Camps Bay. Yeah, and we got lucky with the weather. It um, was, it was, it was cool. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, like, you know, I mean, it was nothing to. It's just fucking wind. Who cares? Yeah, you know what I mean. And I mean, it's better than extreme heat like the Saturday, bro. <laughs> so we started on Thursday, which was cool. I mean, Mark Watson gave us that hint because he was just like, "We well, don't have. We can start whenever the fuck you want." And it was pretty cool that we had so many, like, we had fucking so many paces that were willing to give up their time. I mean, massive. 
yeah, gratitude to all of those people, even the people that weren't even in the country that signed up to PACE, <laughs> in the, <laughs> even in the province. But, um, yeah, it was just, I mean, just all worked out perfect. It was just, everything was fucking went smooth. Like, everyone was freaking out but us. Mm. I mean, it was, I just said it in the interview, you know, with... Um, with Monique. Monique, it was just so funny to watch people fucking... I mean, we've got this down to a science, right? 13 peaks, I mean, I could do it with my fucking eyes closed, right? But, um, like, from the beginning, like, everything's stressing. <laughs> so, what, it's like, we drive in, everyone's like, oh, the boom's closed, the boom's closed. And we're like, whatever, but... And as we get there, the guy just opens the boom. I do a little bit of a joke to Kai. Cops chase me. Want to arrest me for fucking... Re- reckless endangerment. Reckless endangerment. While the guy's fucking with me, I'm just like, please go start. We don't worry, I'll handle this. He's giving you a fine. <laughs> yeah, then he's fucking... Then he lets me go, and then I just tap him on the shoulder, like, what are you going to fucking do, bro? Like, cool, bro. And then he's like, well, where's your license? And I'm like, fuck, I don't have my license on me. So then I got a fine for that. But I'm just like, bro, go start. And you're like, oh, cool, sweet. And everyone else is just like... Yeah. Yeah. We're just so calm with the whole thing. Like, from the fucking start to the finish, it's just... And I think that's the most important thing, is just to stay calm in in this chaos. And sometimes there's chaos going around you, eh? Like, sometimes you're at your aid stations. I was like, fucking hell. This happens big. I need to get out of there. Like... It's like a bit of chaos, like people are seeing something crazy, but in your mind you're just like, chill, bro. Yeah, I really enjoyed the, so I mean, UT, it's, let's go back to UTCT, because the end of UTCT was mentally, that was a much deeper hole than I got into at any point in, in 26 Peaks, like, because I was bonking fucked and I was nauseous and so I think that experience was so good because I just knew that I could, and I just went through that for probably like eight hours to get to the end of UTCT. So I also knew like, and I've, I've been through stuff similar, but UTCT was particularly bad. Mm-hmm. So that was very helpful. And then also with like the 26 peaks, the, just the fact that no one had done it that fast before. And at that time, I thought no one had done it before. Mm. Um, so I just kind of like took the pressure off myself and was like, we're just going to go and whatever happens, happens. And so I just felt very relaxed. I mean, both of us were very relaxed and I was, I was confident that I could do it. Um, but yeah, like also just like, don't, don't take things so serious, you know? You had nothing to lose. <laughs> yeah, like, so what? Like it, it went, if it went terribly, it went terribly. And so I just stayed in that headspace the whole time and just like cruising. And, you know, I fucking love being in the mountains. So what a treat to do it for two days. And then, I mean, with UTCT, it also taught you your rate of perceived exertion because you just obviously didn't fucking know. I mean, obviously I confused the shit out of you. But Mm. you kind of know, "Mm, this is that effort that I fucked me last time. A hundred percent. And I mean, you yeah. went out fucking slow, bro. Like, the funny thing is, you went out, like, you were on holiday. <laughs> and, I mean, the first time, last year, you did an 18 hours. 
Yeah. This year, 18 hours and you did 18 hours and like 20 minutes or something. This year, the first lap, you did in 20 hours and 56 minutes. That's not so far apart for your fucking effort level. Because you were more fucked on the first one than you were on the second lap. Yeah. You were never fucked in no. this whole thing. It's, the only time I knew you were battling was that last two kilometers. But that's, you can understand that because you're almost done. And it's like you, you now, your body's switching off now because it's like you're almost at the end. And you also know you got to walk three fucking kilometers back to the boot. So when you stopped talking to me, then I understood you're in. That's the first, that's, I think you, that is, you were in, you only hit a pain cave at 208 kilometers. Yeah. 13,000 meters elevation. That's the first time because you just monitored your body so fucking well. And essentially that is literally what you need to do in these ultras. You need to manage your body. Could you have gone faster? 100%. 100% you could have done that faster. Much faster. Don't know. Like, don't know how much faster, but the weather, and also like, yeah, you know, you, know, you could have done that faster. Yeah. But the whole point was to finish. And I think you just finished with style, you showed fucking class, and you showed extreme mental resilience. Not in, the, not in the way of just overly pushing yourself, but also being able to take a step back and recover and go at a pace that you knew was manageable, where some people, and a lot of people got too hard, and like that's just, they let their ego get ahead of them. I mean, you also did that in 13, at in UTCT. fucking UTCT, because you were so, because they put you on their elite watch list. Yeah, so that, that, that is actually what fucked me. I mean, okay, you, you were definitely fucking with my head, but then the cherry on top, was I went, I got to the sign-in and they're like, I told them my name and then they're like, you're not on the list. So then the chick's like, are oh, you maybe on the elite list? And I was like, no, no, no. Like, no one's told me anything about that. I'm definitely not. Then she looked on the thing and she's like, you are on the elite list. So then I was like, oh, fuck. So then the ego started, the ego tracker. started scratching and then they want to put a GPS track <laughs> on me. And then I was like, oh, but, but I was I'm, happy about because be then I get to see where the fuck you are. But then you don't take it. You stand there like. Yeah, I was a knobhead. I was, I could, I didn't want that tracker, which is like, it's just ego because I didn't want people to see me going so slow. And then I didn't fucking go slow because everyone charges out of that start line. And I saw four minutes of fucking go. And, yeah, uh, I saw. and I, you think you're going easy. Meanwhile, you're going easy for like, I don't know. And we like, I didn't taper. So, yeah, but it was a full training week. I mean, I think you went into that race 40, 30, 40 Ks in your legs already. Yeah, we'd already done 40 Ks in the week. And elevation. Yeah. So I just. And I did that, so you didn't fucking do that. But you, yeah, no, the ego just got well ahead of me there. And, I, and, then, and then I caught 10 people going up Plutter Club. It's like, that's not chilling, you know? Yeah. And I caught. 10 more people on top of Table Mountain. Like, it was, it was completely ego. Um, but it's also a good lesson, you know. It was, it was like, a good lesson to learn then when it didn't matter. 100%. Like, I'm, I think that, that race is, was so good for me just to learn how to manage myself, how to manage the ego. I didn't get my nutrition and hydration right for that race. I didn't take the humidity seriously enough. So I fixed I don't think anyone did. No. I think people <laughs> underestimated 
you know, I think they saw 22 degrees. They didn't see like the massive humidity and they didn't understand that they just come out of winter. Yeah. And then not acclimatized to that um, heat and humidity. I mean, what was the dropout rate? Like 45%. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. But when I knew we were on was when I said go and you walked at the start of said 26 weeks. <laughs> I said, this motherfucker knows. Watch this shit. Because I was just like, it's so slow for you. A sub 24 hour, you could fucking, you could walk that. Mm. You're walking and you're jogging, just jogging, just jogging. You'll do a sub 24 easily. I mean, you've got like a 15 hour in you there, you know? So it's like, but I didn't want to go that slow because you don't want to be on your feet for too long. But you just did it yeah. perfectly. It was beautiful. It was like watching a fucking play that I'd written and gone out. It was the most amazing thing. Like, I said to you when I was climbing up Nordic Peak on the first day, what I thought was like, what the fuck could go? Because uh, Akbar messaged me and said, when is it going to get real? When is the fun going to start? Mm. When is this fucking fun and games going to stop? Because I think we posted a video of you laughing and fucking joking, eating your croissant. And I thought, and I, said, I, I said to him, maybe the 150 k's. And as I climbed, I was like, I don't know if he will get in. I don't know if, after all the work we've done, I don't know if it's going to get hard. And that's when I sat at the top there and you guys came up and I said, I've been thinking. <laughs> you're like, what? You might have to do this three times to get in a pain cave. And you were like, yeah, I'll be like, oh, yeah. And yeah. swear to God, bro, when he saw you on the second day at the exact same space, you looked, it was fucking deja vu. Because obviously I climbed up there two days in a row. There was no difference between you on the first day and the second day. We were joke. We, I did the same joke. I've been thinking. <laughs> I know, I know. Vaughn also needs to do this because Vaughn is with you. It, it was just fucking deja vu. You were just exactly the same. It, it hadn't looked like you'd been running for more than fucking two hours. And I, I just knew that this guy's not going to fucking break. And I said to you, the only thing that can go wrong is you fucking, you, you don't focus down um, nursery ravine. Yeah. And you hurt your ankle. I, that's the only thing I can see happening. I mean, I've see, I saw you make a lot of mistakes. And I let you make them. I mean, like, running, we were fucking running five minutes to go through that river thing that was silly was like, fun though it was fun like was i because <laughs> also to be fair carl that was like the first time we've ever run together on trail exactly yeah. so it was quite a special moment so i was like this is just fun i know that's why they let it slide yeah. and i was having fun and i don't think i could breathe to tell you to stop so and i was also <laughs> just trying not to fucking snap my ankle and off yeah. again so i, I was also had like, that thought in my head i was like this motherfucker tears an ankle but it was fun Oh, we did that twice. I mean, on the, and on the second day when we did that, we were way more chilled. Yeah. And it was cool. And I mean, that meant a lot to me. And, then, and even going up, I got very emotional going up Constantinburg when you fucking dropped me like a bad habit. <laughs> I was like, there's like 180 Ks and then I can't keep up with them. But I don't give a fuck because 
I don't want, I wouldn't want to. Like, yeah. With your abilities, like if I could keep up with you, I haven't done my job. And a lot of people can give up with you, you know. But um, it was just such an honor to be there with you and hanging for as long as I did. I mean, when I did like 30, 35 Ks with you, 2000 elevation. Yeah, that was really special, getting to run together. I mean, you dropped me the last 5 Ks, so maybe I did 30 Ks <laughs> together. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that was really cool. I was just thinking... I was thinking a lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that is just the, such the beautiful thing about 13 Peaks is it's, you just get to take the people that you love, the people that you care about, and you just get to express yourself however you want. And fucking, it's beautiful. I love that about that challenge. And people just, you know, like, I mean, I was, I don't know if I should talk about this now. It was got a bit hectic. What? With Monique. Which thing? Just about the whole supporting aspect. Nah, you can watch the documentary. But just the people coming out to support, you know, like sacrificing their time. It's like the most important commodity. And yeah. like, I don't think people understand. I mean, even Josh um, posted Bla on him. Yeah, Blackshaw. Posted. He understands, you know, it's like when you're in this, you draw so much strength from the people that love you to carry on fucking going and just seeing those people's faces, you know, everyone talks about, oh, I support you, but like until it's two o'clock in the morning or late, but the most powerful fucking, I've watched the video a million times and is when you hit that boom and that fucking flood of people just ran and we just like triple day and we fucking singing bro like it's the most yeah. powerful thing like these people could be anywhere but they chose to be there getting shouted at at Sands Parks for because we created the biggest traffic jam there just to see those people just come out and fucking run with you and it's like that's what the whole mindset movement thing is about like people I was speaking to many people see the <coughs> I'll talk about it People see the aspect of mindset movements. I go there, I'm gonna push myself. I'm gonna train hard. I'm gonna do these incredible things. And that changes you as a person. But there's another aspect to mindset movement. And it's the aspect of sacrifice and humility. And, you know, watching my wife wash your feet. You know, it's like Jesus washing his disciples' feet. It's so much humility. It's, it's so much self-sacrifice. She doesn't have to fucking be there. You know, she chooses to be there for you. And there's so much power in that. And people don't understand that. You know, I had people, Akbar was just like, it must be the most incredible experience to witness what you are doing firsthand. Because I mean, watching them fucking, in, I mean, I, I have gangster friends of mine, emotional from the videos. Like, I mean, even Matthew Clark was like, I'm emotional watching this. They don't understand what it was in real life. You know, but like, when you're a person, <clears throat> and I said, it, it's like, what like Victor Frankl talks about in A Man's Search of Meaning, and what Shakespeare talks about in like Sonnet 29, it's um, 
all that matters in this life is love. And if you take enough mushrooms, you'll also, you'll also come to that realization from the aliens. And if you take enough ayahuasca, you'll also, you'll also come to that realization from Mother I. But it's kind of, you'll always hear these people on psychedelics always say that only love matters. If you yeah. listen to fucking Victor Frankl, love is the only thing that matters when you're stripped away from everything. When you're stripped away from every single thing, all you have at the end is love. And William Shakespeare talks about it. You know, it's like, you, like in Sonnet 29, he wouldn't swap. Um, he wouldn't swap his life for, for the king, yeah. just because of the love that he has. And I think, the greatest. The greatest um, expression of love is to sacrifice your time for mm. somebody else as they pursue something. Yeah. And people that might said have that ability to do that. And I don't think they understand it. But they all feel fucking good afterwards. They all feel great. They all feel great to be a part of this thing that's bigger than them. But that's why. It's because they're showing love. Yeah. And, and they don't understand they're sacrificing. Do you know? They don't understand. And if you can sacrifice that for another person, then... Doing these things for yourself, you won't even see that as hard. Do you know what I mean? Because it's easy to sacrifice. Okay, it's easy to sacrifice things for yourself. High performers find it easy to sacrifice things for themselves mm. to pursue a goal. But to sacrifice for somebody else, like that is only love. Yeah. You know, and it makes you feel good about yourself and it, it also builds it builds evidence that you can sacrifice and you can do more positive things with your life. And it makes them feel good, you know? Mm. And also, I think people don't understand is when you see someone go through that, it's a fucking education. It's an education that you can't fucking buy. It's just not, edu it's, it's not something you read about in a fucking book. You know what I mean? No one will understand the education that you received, you know? Like... We have a lot of wisdom from the things that we go through. And a lot of people, they read other people's wisdom and they try and take it for their own, but they never paid the price to attain that wisdom. Mm. I credit that from Sarah the Frog Lady, a medicine woman. She told me that and it's 100% true. You know, we read about all the stuff that people go through the wisdom that they have acquired through their life, through this pain and suffering and the discipline of going after what they want. And we think that that's our wisdom, but it's not, you know? And maybe people will never understand what you went through and they'll never be able to have that wisdom and you did. But just being there and seeing you do it is way more powerful than reading in a fucking book. And then, it'll always remember one day when they're going through a fucking tough time, how you stood up and you just kept fucking going, you know? And they draw strength from that. And essentially, I've always told you, is that is the best way to fucking coach people is to show these people what can be done. Mm. Because talking means shit. I talk to them blue in the fucking face with some of these people and they don't get it. It's more, Goggins is, Goggins is a fucking, Goggins has business, 
has our business down to a fucking T. He doesn't have to speak to no one. He wrote a book and he just fucking trains. He doesn't have to go, come on, bro, you can do it. Why haven't you trained? Oh, my time's a little bit tough right now. Fucking hell. He just goes out, does a podcast every four years, writes a book, and just fucking trains. And he doesn't even tell, he doesn't even show people he trains. He just knows he's training. And once a week he shouts on his fucking phone. He's got it down to a fucking art. So mm. you can take something from that, you know? And yes, we coach people and we help them along the way. But people, the people, you can, people will vouch being there. And watching you do that, I promise you people's fucking lives changed this weekend. Because I know a few people have already messaged me. Mm. And this is when people start believing more in themselves. When they see someone like you who started at the same fucking time as them, who was probably a wor- like a slower runner, and now they see, geez, maybe if I actually do the fucking shit on my training peaks can also do that Mm. you know and like essentially one of the things I thought when I was climbing and actually got emotional and I cried when you fucking dropped me because I thought I'd never see you again but I cried because I thought to myself for the last four fucking years I have been a student of the mind and performance and I have fucking read everything and it's, it's not conventional fucking ultra running the mindset of an ultra runner like i dive deep into fucking you know me special forces because i mean that's like the ultimate right so i'm not in sas books and building the fucking elite and all and all those books and i see what they have to say and like i i use those tactics in my training you know what i mean not to like such an extreme Mm. But like I, I try these things out and see how it plays out. And I've done that over the last four years. And I just thought to myself, like, this weekend, I've just handed in my fucking thesis of my masters on the fucking mind. Because you did everything. Even though, like, sometimes you were like, nah, but what is this shit? Like, this is a bit <laughs> fucked. I know, you told me. Like, you, you said to me, like, ah... I hired you because you knew more than me, but sometimes I was like, nah, what is this? And then, but I mean, that's coaching, bro, and I, I've got to try it on someone. Yeah, I know. But it fucking worked, and I just watched it play out because people don't understand. It's like they watched something play out this weekend that has been fucking baked over the last two years. And I say baked because I've used the analogy before. It's like, you know, it's just like baking a fucking cake. You have a recipe. You fucking follow the recipe and you get the fucking outcome. And that's all that happened. I put together a recipe and we baked the fucking cake. And because we had the recipe, we just knew. It's it's like, fuck, bro, how unstressed were you about this thing? Yeah, completely unstressed. I slept so well the night before. I've never slept like that before a race. I don't understand it. But yeah, I felt very calm throughout that whole thing. Yeah. I mean, for months I was planting the whole thing where I said you have nothing to lose. Like everything I was saying to you, you know, I was just, I just kept trying to like, just plant seeds, bro. You know, like I gave you that whole talk. How many talk speeches did I give you? But it's like... I can't even remember off the fucking shit. 
Yeah, you're very good at that little, little, you drop little things here and there. Especially when I'm talking yeah. to someone else, but I'm talking to you. Yeah, I know. Like, it's, I'm starting, I'm starting to kind of like see through now, <laughs> can see behind how it's working. Because in the, in the beginning you don't, and then you kind of connect the dots later. You're like, oh, that's why Kyle said that thing two weeks ago or whatever. But yeah, no, it's been, it's just been a pleasure working with you, Kyle, to be honest. Like, I think we... I've gotten to the point where I think we understand each other very well now and I just have a deep level of respect for what you do so and I trust you you know like it's worked pretty pretty well so far um, I think it's the most important thing yeah it's uh, I mean I've said this a lot and it's just people don't like a lot of people come to me for coaching and they're, like, they're waiting for the big thing. They're waiting for this like magic. When's he going to make me do this? But you've got to do all these fucking little things first. For it takes a long time. Mm. Like, if you can't, I can't move on to anything if you can't fucking not snooze your alarm. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you're still snoozing your alarm and not running because it's fucking raining or windy, I can't do anything. Like, yeah. You know, we start off and I fucking, like, I mean, I, I just what I do with my clients is just, I can't even put it into fucking words. Like, I have to, I just go as it goes and I see where I can build people and I see where they're lacking mostly. You know what I mean? But, like, people come to me and it's like, I say to you now, it's like, people think the fucking hardcore thing is doing this long run on the weekend in the fucking heat with no sleep or whatever like I would maybe do in a specialized fucking peak week or whatever like um, race um, specific yeah, stuff yeah. no <laughs> you know what the fucking hardest part is the hardest part is when you have a big weekend like I had this fucking weekend and you wake up on Monday with sore fucking legs and you do a run that's fucking hard part that's where fucking that's when savages are made how long is this fucking weekend on your Instagram? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And people don't understand that. They yeah. just want the fucking sexy shit. It's not the sexy shit, bro. It's, it's the hard things. It's the things that you didn't want to fucking do. I didn't want to run 15Ks this morning. I did 50 fucking five kilometers, 3,000 meters elevation. I don't like mountains. But I woke up and did it with chaos. Fucking loved it. And that's what I thought on the run. This is the hard thing. This is what people don't do. This is what makes you fucking tough. You know what I mean? This is what makes you fucking tough. Yeah, you know? it's, it's the things that you do every day. It's, it's the things that change your life. It's not the things that you do once every three months that are like epic. I don't give a fuck if you're going to run 20 hours. If you can't not snooze your alarm on a Monday morning, big fucking wank. Hmm. Well done. Do you know what I mean? Because what's going to happen when it gets tough in your race, bro? You're a fucking snoozer. You're a loser, bro. You know what I mean? And I mean, I preach that. And it's... And people are like, well, no, no, no. But, bro, it's the little things. And I'm going to tell you now. That's the fucking secret. It's the little things. The little things will fuck you in the end. All those little times you, you fucking... I can't use all these words. Bitch loud. Because... And I, and I still use them. <laughs> All these little times you fucking bitched out because, sorry, no offense, chaos, my female dog. Every time you fucking bitched out, 
and you snoozed your alarm, or you didn't drink your fucking four liters of water today. That's what matters. Anyone can push themselves. Anyone can fucking train hard for three months. Ugh, God, give me a break. Can train hard for three months. Train hard for fucking two years, bro. You know what I mean? That's what's so powerful about you, you know? Everyone needs to be entertained these days. Oh, go and run the... There's some people that complain about running the same fucking trails. Like, I make people run around in a circle, you know? Find the fuck... Like, monotony. Like, if you want to be great in life, you need to... It's repetition every fucking day. You, you, you put together a sequence of things. You find out what you need to do. You, you write down what needs to be done every day to fucking acquire those goals, and you do it every single day. That's boring. Well, quote-unquote what these fucking people say. That's boring. Do you know what I mean? Hmm. Then just be mediocre, bro. If you need to be entertained, if you need to fucking be on your phone every five seconds swiping and fucking liking and see how many fucking likes you got on Instagram for your mediocre shit that you fucking did. Like, you know what I mean? People don't understand. It's the boring, simple shit that gets you far. There's no big, like, spectacle of fucking things you have to do. You don't jump through fucking fire hoops to become mentally tough or to be a high performer. It's waking up and doing the same thing every fucking day until you get to your destination. And it's quite sad how people can't do that. You know? Like, and you did it. Like I said in the interview now. Who's the key to fucking... Who doesn't need to be entertained? You, bro. What, what song, what music did you listen to for 42 hours? Silence. Nothing. Fuck all. Your own thoughts. That's powerful. You can't fuck with a person like that. Sorry. Run 42 hours with no music, nothing. Laughing. Can't fuck with a person like that. <laughs> can't. Oh, I hate talking about myself. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I do, and that's why I, and that's why I talk about you. But pe- people need to understand that it's like this is what we've created. We've yeah. created a person that doesn't need to be entertained. We've created a person that doesn't give a fuck about your kudos or your little fucking likes. Yeah, I just think like meaning in life comes from trying to do. It's the pursuit of difficult things, uncommon things. I just find that quite meaningful. Uh, And I enjoy the process of trying to get there. So, and and I I mean, I haven't always been like that. I mean, I I used to try and do this and move quickly and that just made me miserable. And I think I've like got to a place in my life where I just want to... I want a simple life that is deep. Uh, and I think the only way to do that is to, is to, yeah, well, like we said, to embrace love, to connect with other people and then pursue, like pursue and explore your life. Like try to bring into being, I guess, quote unquote, the greatness within you, which is within all of us. For yourself. For yourself, yeah. 
And I think it's it's becoming a lot with social media. It's like you, who you're doing this for. And you can mm. always see the people that are doing it for attention. Like they never do anything or never finish anything or never accomplish anything because it's, it's so external. It's all for validation. And there's nothing like inside them that's just keeping them going. Yeah. And that's what I like about you. I mean, I had to make you get social Instagram just for work because unfortunately we have to fucking have it for work. Yeah. You know, and I also battle with it. Be like, fuck, I go through the stage where I like make five billion stories mm-hmm. in a day, and then I just I'm like, fuck, I can't handle this anymore. Like, yeah, yeah. Someone yeah. posts something the fakest shit I've ever seen, and I just like, I, I fucking yeah. delete that. And I'm yeah. like, I can't. But we need it for business. Well, you can just run 200 kilometers, and we can do that for business. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But e- even that, like, even the whole promotional side of, I mean, even this this podcast, I think it's like very cool to talk about it, but it does feel a little bit uncomfortable because I don't really like promoting myself because I didn't run 13 peaks to, to be seen as cool or to be hectic. I just did it to see if I could. Um, and I mean, the, one of the cool things I think that I found out is that I, I could do it and I think I can do more and that, that excites me, but it, it wasn't for anyone else. Um, yeah and and it was and also actually one of the things that was so special about this weekend is that sometimes like you ultra running can feel selfish in some ways like you're pursuing this thing for yourself or whatever and one of the thoughts that I had I was sitting at one of those aid stations and I just saw all these people that showed up for me which made me feel so grateful but I also realized that because of what I was doing they also were able to come together in community and be with each other. And I thought that was so special that just me doing this thing brought so many people together. And okay, maybe they were there for me, but then I think like, I was also just there for 10 minutes at a time, you know? People spent hours and days together. And I just thought that that made me really happy. I was like, that's so cool. We had the best milkshakes at Cargo. Everyone had a milkshake. Really? But then you ran that fucking last leg so fast we had to take them takeaways. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just... We, I mean, you know, we're just in this pursuit. And I think me and you do it the same. It's just... To, it's just... It's personal. Yeah. And I think we speak about this a lot. And it's just like, you know, I think the end goal is to just make mindset movements so big that we can then just go do our own fucking things that no one... Ever, I mean, my life goal is just to have a fucking camper van thing and we just go and we just do things and we tell fucking no one about it, bro. Yeah. Like, you just... Just have fun, dude. Imagine running fucking 200 kilometers and never telling one person. Yeah. Just like your one brother that just follows you in the thing. You told no one. The yeah. person is screaming a fucking straw and nothing. That is when you are a proper fucking ultra runner. To me, that is a proper... Ever since Mickey told me that, I was like, this guy is onto something. This is a proper fucking ultra runner. When he told me what he wanted to do and no one must know, only me, I was like, that is, that is fucking ultra. Yeah, that that's, is ultra. that's fucking cool. That is, that is fucking rock and roll, bro. 
You know what I mean? That is the most powerful thing. Imagine just doing that and no one knew what you did. No one. Mm. Maybe even if I can take a watch. You don't even know. <laughs> you just go. You just fucking go. And I think that is... One day I just... One day I'll do that. And I think that will be the most beautiful thing in the world. Because then... I mean, that would be hard not to tell people that. But because we're so, we're so just fucking looking for external validation. And we just want people to fucking care. Yeah. And no one gives a fuck, to be honest. <laughs> they either hate you for it or they... Either fucking either get jealous of it and hate you for it, or they, or they, they big ups you and they show this love. But you know what, bro? They actually don't fucking understand what you did. No one, not even me, understands what you did. No one. I don't understand. I don't understand how the fuck you did it. I'm not sure I understand, Carl. I don't think you understand. <laughs> they don't actually understand what you did. It's like. You can't understand until, and that's what I was saying, but like the wisdom, you read shit in a book, it's like, you don't understand. You, you, and, and you can see people don't understand because every fucking person reads a Goggins book and then they want to become an ultra runner until the fourth week when, <laughs> yeah. until their fourth week and then it's too hard or life is getting in my way. That's the whole fucking point. The point is to be able to fucking do things when it's not fucking easy. Do you know what I mean? So these people that are reading these things, like, fuck me, do you think you understand what Viktor Frankl says in A Man's Search for Meaning? You will never understand that. No. I you mean, that guy, guy went through a Nazi concentration camp you can to, read, get to earn that wisdom. You can read that fucking book. And it's a short little book, bro, because he yeah. understands that he can't even portray what the fuck went up, happened. Yeah. But he's just showing you his lessons. You don't understand. You'll never know what that love fucking feels like. You'll never know. You know? Like when I speak about living out of a black bag and wanting to kill myself, you don't fucking know. Well, yeah, shame, shame, I feel sorry for you. You don't know how fucking bad that was for me. Because I speak about it now in a joke, and I'm like, fucking, no, no, no. But you don't understand, I was broken. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? When you're running 200Ks or whatever, fuck, you don't know. Like, you have to physically go and do that yourself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that was, actually, that was one of the things that appealed to me the most about doing that challenge was the actual experience of what it would be like. Because I just, I think that's also one of the beautiful things about life. Like you have the opportunity to connect, like collect amazing and unique experiences. And I just looked at that and I thought, like, how, when will I ever have a chance to have that experience again? You know, and, I, and I'm so grateful for having had it. Like, and putting yourself in that situation like that, it took, I, I think that took the most of everything. It's like putting yourself in that situation. And I know for you, like you battle with attention, but unfortunately we need to involve people in this. Yeah. And, and that's what you battled with. It's like, I mean, I can't fucking, I can't help. I can't do everything. Like th this, this took fucking logistics and teams, bro. This took fucking, we had two Korean teams. Oh no, the the support and logistics was insane. I mean, we need we needed fucking shift workers, yeah. We needed shift workers. We needed certain paces at certain time. We needed backup paces because 
when I was taking a rest at 3 a.m. at Klerfneck, there were like 15 people there. I was like, this is insane. And Sandparks. They're and like, what yeah. the fuck? Is, what are you guys doing here? Yeah. 13 Peaks. They're like, okay. Enjoy. So a lot of people. <laughs> we're about to do a sting operation on the mountain. Yeah, we're about to do a sting operation. <laughs> Big ups to Sandparks for catching the guy with the dogs. Yeah. The do- Big up to the dogs also. Yeah. No, it's been good, the response to the crime onto a mountain, I think. It's good to see the extra presence. Big ups to Metro, please, for monitoring bad driving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it was just... I think, you know, we've, we're doing this podcast on a Monday. You did it this weekend, and I, I think it hasn't really hit everything. Because it hasn't really hit anything. Everything for me. I, I keep watching the videos, and I'm just like... Like, this is so beautiful. You know, and I'm proud of you. Obviously, so proud of you, but also just so proud of that community for... I mean, I just... I can't tell you how many times I've watched that video of everyone running and then chaos. Yeah. Chase them and then fucking my girl and Axel just running and tripping everyone and just caring about you, eh? How, she knew... She was on job, eh? Yeah, she All knew, she she knew about, what she was there for. She was there for you and everyone else must get fucking kicked out of the way. And she did that for four. So, I mean, she ran for, with us from Constantia Neck all the way to the end, basically. Twice. Twice. But on the second night in particular, for four hours. So, Misha was in the front. Mickey was in the back. I was in the middle. Chaos, run to the front. Be off with Misha. Then run back. Look at me. She'd be like, okay, it's cool. Run back to the front. Be with Misha for like a minute. Come back, look at me. He's like, it's still cool. <laughs> and then go, but she did that for four hours. <laughs> she did that. I think she did more fucking gays than you. In the two yeah, night. 100%. But yeah, that was very special as well. And then she gave me a big kiss at the end. Yeah, bro, that one, like, come on, bro. That just broke my fucking heart. When, when you were like, everyone's around you waiting for a speech, and you're like, uh, could I get a fucking chair, please? <laughs> <laughs> like I've been fucking standing forever they're like oh shit they give me a chair and as you sit on the chair she just literally puts her she jumps on you and puts her arms around you and like licks your face yeah oh that melted my heart bro I love that girl yeah it was so cute but yeah epic bro and what a way to end the year <laughs> like yeah you know everyone's tired you're tired it's summer the wind was kicking and we pulled it off and I'm just, yeah, just fucking amazed and happy and so grateful. And, I, <laughs> you know, I wasn't stressed about the thing, but it's been, I just wanted, I just needed it to be done, you know. And the second you were done, I was like, fuck, I was like a weight was lifted. I was just like, now I can rest. Like my mind, you know, my mind, obviously, the ADD, yeah. my mind doesn't stop and I'm thinking of shit. And thinking of situations, and I'm always like planning the worst and how I'm gonna fix that, and like blah blah blah. blah. And as you were, I just wanted you to touch that fucking beacon so my brain could just. And as you touch that thing, it's like I just went reboot. And I was like, (laughs) fuck yes. Everyone, direct your questions to me in the new year. Goodbye. (laughs) Come out. (laughs) Like, uh, Jenna's like, um, all these clients are asking what they must buy you for Christmas. I'm like, just fucking don't message me for one week, please. Like, just let me be, like, 
just like because my clients must just recover now, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They need to rest. My clients fucking go hard. <laughs> they go hard, rest. And if you didn't go hard, just fucking rest. You haven't done anything the whole year. Like don't jump in it now. Let's be honest. Do you know what I mean? Like now's not the fucking time. But yeah, I'm just excited to. I mean, and and, and I'm happy about that because. That's not me, you know. You've known me for years. I'm not. I always go fucking hard now. Yeah. But I've learned, like, if you want to go hard, I mean, obviously I'm training for my race, but you want to go hard, you got to rest. Rest, recover. Yeah, treat your body well. Yeah, but I, I mean, I say, when, you know, when I say to the clients, it doesn't mean fucking go... That, the, there's a complete opposite of drinking every night and eating shit. It's not drinking, drinking water, resting, spending time with the loved ones. No one's going to fucking do that. I'll do that. You'll do that. Miranda and them will do that. All my ex-addicts will do that. I mean, that's their superpower. They don't get to drink, which is fucking amazing. Yeah, and that helps so much. That's also, I mean, I stopped drinking this. The last drink I had was New Year's last year. Oh, really? Yeah. Jeez, we're almost one year sober. Yeah. And you don't even have a problem. Yeah, I had no problem with alcohol, but I just thought, yeah, I just wanted to put so much. Because you read that book, the, or you read some of the fucking book I bought you. Yeah, the sleep book. Yeah, but that'll scare you out of it. Yeah, but I just thought I'm putting so much into my training, it seems silly to, like, I didn't want the mental stress of then if I have a beer or, like, is that going to affect how my training? And I just, like, I was like, this is a waste of time thinking about this, so. I just decided to stop and I don't miss it at all. It's been so good. But you should live a little. <laughs> but you should live a little. Telling yeah. someone who just ran fucking should live a little. 13 Depends, peaks twice. Yeah. You should live a little. I know, should. Eh? What's it? So Van Hunk said, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I guess it there's depends a on million your oaks at Van Hunks and there's, there's a million oaks at Van Hunks, but only one did fucking 13 peaks twice in sub 48 hours. Who's living? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it depends on your definition of life, 100%. And I think like, yeah, the pursuit of these experiences that not many people have had, I think that's such a special thing to give yourself. Yeah, it's powerful. Why live a life that everyone else lives? Yeah. How long have we been going for? Because Jenna, Jenna, like Jenna gave us a fucking quota because she's cooking Christmas dinner. Been going for an hour and two minutes. Yes, so this is like the shortest. Well, it would be cool. This would be the most listened to, probably. Maybe I don't know. But yeah, do you wanna do you wanna call it there? Thank you guys for listening, and yeah, just uh, immense gratitude to everyone that paced, crewed, washed feet, fucking came with ice, came with ice creams. Um, yeah, just showed their fucking love and support. Like, you know, I posted as you started that no man is an island. Yeah. And without you guys, it, this wouldn't have been possible. Um, me, yeah, yeah. But it's, you know, we came together as a fuck. This was a massive team effort. And I think you said, you know, running is not a solo sport. Like, you need support system. And like Josh said, you know, it's just you draw that strength from love you know like it's easy to quit on yourself but when you when you know it's so it actually is a little bit of a cheat code 
when you're there at three o'clock in the morning having your two minute noodles and there's so many people there like you have no fucking you cannot say i yeah. think i'll go home now you're just yeah. like fuck my whole life these idiots are here now i gotta fucking go you gotta keep going it's like a cheat code you know what i mean it's like yeah. it's like running for the children you're like come on let these people down like i just need to keep going and people the people that were there big ups yeah, I'm, I'm so grateful to everyone that came. Crewed, paced, cheered, sent me messages. Yeah, it's hard to explain how much it means, but it's really, really special. Words so. don't do it justice. 100%. Okay. Cool. Merry Christmas, everyone. I think me and Jenna are going to do a Christmas special oh, yeah. podcast. Yeah. That'll be cool. All right, but, thank you. Yeah. Sweet, thanks.